This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. Hello, gravel fans. My name is Chris Kutosh, and I'm one of the hosts of The Connection podcast. Today, we have our intrepid pair back with us, Michelle and Gotham. Welcome. Thanks for coming back on this uh, second podcast. Today, we're going to talk about van life, and they've been traveling around in their sprinter van this past year, doing all types of gravel rides and adventures on the West Coast. Welcome back. Thank you. you. We're excited to be back. Yeah, Yeah, this is great. Uh, Tell us a little bit of how you got started uh, with van life and how that, you know, how that, how you got led to down that path. Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of things and how we got started. Um, The first is that Gotham got sucked into the YouTube rabbit hole last year of van conversions. Actually, it was a school bus conversions at first. (laughs) (laughs) School bus conversions. Yeah. So you were thinking about doing the school bus before you did the van. Yep. Uh, so the school bus was the initial thing. Um, you can make a house in a school bus. Uh, it's so big. But then I was thinking about what we want to do. And we're more adventure travels in terms of this gravel riding and um, skiing. So it doesn't really suit us to have uh, such a big vehicle. Um, and then I was looking at um, the short buses. But then you you don't necessarily have the range capability into forest service roads. Um, and so then it kind of led down to sprinters and uh, sprinters are, are definitely the craze um, yeah. within this community now. So, so Gotham got the bug. He got the idea in his head and we had been talking about taking a year off from, uh, you know, the nine to five working life uh, pretty much since we graduated college, we've been wanting to do something like this. And original plan was to do an around the world trip, but COVID happened, plus Gotham got the van life bug. um, And then there was, it all kind of came to a a culmination um, and I got laid off from my job. And so the cards just kind of all lined up perfectly for us to to take a year and travel around in a van. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about um, selecting and, you know, picking the right vehicle, which you kind of started. Um, it takes me about a, three weeks to pick some tires for my bike <laughs> and do the research. So it sounds like it probably took you, you know, just a few days to figure out what, what vehicle you wanted. Definitely. Something like that. Yeah. It was definitely not a quick process. Um, uh, it, it, we, we wanted something that was a little bit more capable off-road. So that's, you're talking about clearance height and looking at shorter wheelbases. Um, and then eventually we got down to the Ford Transit and uh, the Mercedes Sprinters um, are kind of like the two best for that. Um, the Mercedes uh, and actually the Transits now uh, come in four wheel or all wheel drive, um, but they're usually the standard is a, a rear wheel drive option. <clears throat> so, so we were hoping to get something uh, with all all um, wheel drive but we ended up uh, getting priced out of the market a little bit in that sense. And so we started looking at two wheel drive only. Yeah. The other big thing was like, are we going to do the conversion ourselves or are we going to buy a converted van? And so we were, we probably started looking in the summer, uh, but we weren't really ready to pull the trigger. Like summer 2020, we were looking and the market was like just starting to get really hot around that time. And I mean, we would just constantly look, send each other things Gotham started planning a build and it it just, we kind of got overwhelmed with the process. And then um, we saw a van within our budget 
uh, in Canada and it kind of fit like everything we were looking for. It was, you know, a little bit older. It's a 2007 Dodge Sprinter. Um, so we knew that was a risk getting an older vehicle, but we actually ended up buying it sight unseen. We video chatted once with the person who did the conversion. And I think in a weird way, like the sight unseen thing sort of helped us pull the trigger. Like just, you know, we couldn't question everything. We couldn't inspect every little detail and um, we just kind of went with it. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a leap of faith. Yeah, I would say so. Like we had, we had looked at a lot of things online. We looked at a few in person and yeah, this was just kind of like a leap of faith. Yeah. This was kind of like the best thing that we had seen in terms of fitting our criteria. Yeah. Um, but like price to uh, criteria ratio right. was right for us. Mm -hmm. So take me through maybe what a day, a day in the life of van life feels like for you guys or what it looks like for you guys. Yeah. So I, uh, so I guess Michelle wakes up and, <laughs> and then gets out of bed and I'm still in bed. <laughs> um, but she, you know, brushes teeth, makes coffee. And there's actually like, it, it's kind of funny that we, I say it that way, but it's actually true because there's not a lot of space in the van. So it's, it's like one person can one be person in like the there. kitchen living room and the other is in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> if we're actually, you know, doing things like getting ready and making food. Um, but I think, you know, we have kind of like active days and then we have rest days. So we can describe an active day, which is we're usually doing some sort of activity, uh, skiing, hiking, biking right now, it's been a lot of biking. So on an active day, we'll usually park really close to where we want to start our ride in the morning. So we'll get ready, have breakfast, get changed. Um, I usually kind of like make breakfast and um like get our snacks ready on the bike and gotham will put the bikes together because that's another fun thing about living in a van is our bikes have to be stored in a very specific way so we have to take the seat posts off every single time after we ride in our front wheel so that you know it, it takes like five to ten minutes to to get the bikes together every morning and i'll make sandwiches usually for for the ride so we'll we'll go on our ride which can be anywhere from like four to sometimes six or seven hours and by the time we get back to the van, we're usually hot and exhausted. Um, we'll make some sort of like food or have a, a special treat. Like ice cream sandwiches are kind of our go-to. <laughs> love them, ice cream sandwiches. Um, <laughs> so then we'll just kind of relax for a little bit. And then we kind of start thinking about like, what are we doing tomorrow? Are we going to be doing a long drive somewhere? Are we going to stay nearby? If so, where are we going to park? Um, we actually almost exclusively change locations every single night because we're sort of always on the move. So we're always searching for, you know, where are we going to park next? And we use an app called iOverlander and it, it marks free campsites. So we've used that pretty successfully. Um, we'll sometimes park at trailheads or we use the overlay feature on Gaia um, to see where BLM or National Forest Land is. And we have a lot of success parking on that too. A lot of dispersed camping. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. how, how big of a change was this from your lives before what you're doing now? Yeah, it was a pretty big change. I think it's almost like our schedules got flipped from weekends and weekdays because we're probably living a weekend life five days a week. And then two days a week, we're living our own version of a weekend, which includes just resting our bodies <laughs> or seeing friends. So it's almost like our entire like normal weekly schedule has gotten completely flipped upside down. Yeah, especially after we've uh, we left uh, left or got laid off from our our jobs. Um, now I think our jobs are just uh, 
biking in the outdoors yeah. more or less yeah and so um you know we're that's our nine to five it's unpaid but it, yeah. it comes with some good benefits <laughs> for sure and was that a easier difficult transition into you know do you feel like this yeah. was something that was very intentional of okay we've got to get into this mode or was it just kind of a natural flow i felt like it was supernatural actually and i thought i would have the biggest obstacle kind of getting used to a very spontaneous, small uh, space life um, coming from an apartment where we can shower every day and <laughs> do laundry whenever we want and like, you know, various luxuries that you kind of take for granted. But uh, within a few days of having the van, I was just like, I absolutely love this and I could do it forever. <laughs> right. Yeah, my, mine was a uh, kind of a 180 switch actually at the very beginning. You know, I was very gung ho about the van life. And then within the first month, we've we had a few problems and things weren't going necessarily to how I was thinking the plan was going to go. Um, not, not related to just the van life, but like some, some aspects in life. And, um, I was like, Oh, let's move back to Seattle and find a house. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Gotham <laughs> who never in his life wants to settle down or, um, like, you know, at, have a house. Like it's just not his style. Two weeks in, he looks at me and he's like, I think I'm ready to buy a house. I want a king size bed. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so that was two weeks into it. And now how long have you been doing now, now we're, I think like six months in and I, I don't feel, I, I still want a king size. <laughs> but um, that's, that's someday later in the future. But yeah, yeah, we've, we've, I've definitely got used to the, the lifestyle and, and what it brings. Um, and I um, really enjoyed it. So yeah. And yes, you, a house, but later. <laughs> for sure. And, and and how was that, you know, when you talk about the king size bed and belongings and things, how was that kind of leaving your belongings or getting rid or however you did that? How was that to kind of move from what you, you know, a, a normal kind of, you know, house that people live in first to yeah. something that's, you know, probably, you know, a big bathroom size, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess the first off, I can say is that you never have enough storage for gear, no matter if it's like a one bedroom apartment or if it's a van, like there's never enough storage, but so I, that's I, kind I, of a good problem to have, right? Yeah. It, it kind of is. Um, actually one of the reasons we have gravel bikes is, um, I was trying to debate about between keeping my mountain bike or gravel bike. Um, I had already given up on road cycling already. And, uh, I, I thought the gravel bike was a little bit more versatile for, mm. you know, the whatever is going to come our way essentially um yeah. i can take it on some single track take it in town um and so that's kind of why uh, i didn't convince michelle to uh, buy a mountain bike as yeah, well but gotham <laughs> also thought we could fit four bikes in our van and i said there is absolutely no way he wanted to take two wheel sets too and i said no it's, <laughs> it's not gonna fit so he finally realized that i was right and we barely fit the two bikes in yeah, but squeeze them there tight yeah they fit. Um, but the process of like actually moving into the van was kind of crazy because we bought the van in Canada and it had to be imported to the US and there's this weird law where when you import a vehicle it has to sit in like a facility for 30 days before the new owner can take possession so we had this really tight timeline of getting the van, moving out of our place and taking a three week uh, road trip to Texas to get married and see our families during COVID. And so we had a two day turnaround between getting the van and getting rid of every single thing that we owned in our apartment. And so I had been selling stuff for months, kind of knowing this was coming, but 
it came down to the end of like, we had to do some goodwill hauls and um, I was doing fine throughout it, but I think Gotham was having a little bit of a breakdown. And there's a story <laughs> of one of our last trips to goodwill because we lived across the street. We had this like cart in our condo building and we had like loaded up all the random kitchen stuff that we couldn't get rid of. And there was this like one cup Pyrex measuring cup. <laughs> oh, the glass one? Yeah. 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 And Gotham like looked at it and he had this like very emotional moment where he was like, where am I ever going to get another Pyrex cup like this? I can't <laughs> believe we're getting rid of this Pyrex cup. So we always joke, like when we see one in the grocery store, we're like, there's the Pyrex cup. Yeah. <laughs> so most things can always be replaced. Yeah. yeah. Sure. There's some things that of yeah. course can't, but most of it, it's, it's okay to get past that. You know, I can, I can leave this or I can give yeah. it away or I can sell it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably, you know, hard because yeah, you're limiting now what you can bring. I yeah. do appreciate your priorities of <laughs> extra wheel sets. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I like that direction, but I do get, you got to limit it. And that's, I guess that's interesting of how you got into gravel cycling because it was almost a necessity or mm -hmm. being pragmatic of, yeah. we you know, this can be the most versatile tool we have as far as bikes go. So that's yeah. kind of, that's pretty interesting. What's the biggest challenge? We've heard a couple, but what do you think is either the biggest challenge you faced or that you kind of constantly face? Something that we constantly face is just kind of like where to park um, mm. is uh, 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 Michelle mentioned that app, but you know, every day it is a, it is a like, let's search for it. And uh, sometimes you'll show up to a place and there's like a no overnight sign. And I'm, a, I'm a fairly paranoid <laughs> individual. So like when I see that, I'm like, Oh, well, we can't park here. Let's go somewhere else. And, and then starts the hunt again. And Michelle never yeah. likes that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, winter was particularly hard in ski season. Not all ski resorts allow overnight parking for vans. And when they don't, you know, all the forest roads are covered in snow. And some of the towns in Colorado actually don't allow you to sleep in your car. So we've had a lot of challenges at like Colorado Springs and just outside Steamboat. Um, so yeah, the parking can be tough, but I think um, like the broader challenge that we have faced and we've gotten so much better at is we've had some mechanical issues with the van. So we had to have our turbo replaced on day three. Uh, we had our heater break and we had an EGR pipe burst uh, outside of Salt Lake City that made us had to have to get a tow. So we were just completely stranded on the side of a road with no cell service as the sun was setting uh, in February. <laughs> So we, we've had constant challenges like that. And I think at first it really kind of, it phased us a little bit because mm -hmm. we were used to like a cushy apartment lifestyle and, um, you know, they, they kept coming up and we got to the point where like when we had to get towed, it was just like, okay, let's evaluate our options. Like step A, step B, like let's go through the motions and get through this. And it was like totally fine. So I think our problem solving skills have gotten really good also shout out to the uh, family that gave us a ride to yeah where we had self-service <laughs> oh, oh so you didn't even have self service, we didn't have no self -service. Yeah. out in the middle of nowhere yep. and it breaks of course right 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 course, that's weird. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so up, up the hill and <laughs> so how hospitable have people been we've just had like good experience after good experience like every single person we've met has been amazing kind people have helped us out when we've been you know stranded on the road we have just, you know, met people through Facebook groups or through cycling and they've offered us showers and laundry. And it's, it's just like, we haven't met a bad person yet. It's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, people. I, I love to hear that. I know yeah. people love to hear that. And that's, that's really, I think that says a lot about you and, you know, everybody else out there that yeah people yeah. want to help others mm -hmm. for the most part. 
and it's fantastic. It's been all across our travels, mostly like all in the Western uh, United States. So it's you know backcountry and and cities as well. So yeah, it, it's crossed geographies, political views, like yeah. area you live in. It just it's been wonderful. All over. Yeah, wow. that's oh, I love to hear that. It's, yeah, that's great. So uh, changes along the way. So has anything changed? Habits, relationship uh, along your journey so far? Oh, we've we've been we've um, uh, dated uh, ten years and been married for six months now. So congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so we're pretty in tune with each other, but I think like uh, living in such a confined space, we are even more. Yeah, we have like really distinct roles too. And like Gotham always drives. I've driven probably three hours since we've had the van. Um, so he's like our pilot, we call it, and I'm the navigator. So I'm kind of always doing the like behind the scenes stuff. Like I'm doing research on my phone while he's driving. I'm figuring out where are we going to go next. I'm downloading things offline. She's our, she's our like media presence, yeah. <laughs> our communications person. Yeah. Um, um, and so then, so normal, you know, relationship where the guy can do one thing. And <laughs> That, that's how exactly. we are. That's how I am. Same, same way. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think besides, you know, living in the, the van together and uh, I think, you know, we're, we're super in sync. Um, we've kind of worked out all those, those kinks in previous years of being together, but whenever we are in a house after living in a van, like the big change is that we still act like we're living in a van. So we'll go visit people and we'll do dishes or like, our hands or use a cup and it's like we're acting like we're running out of resources left and right like i'll be washing dishes and i'll like turn the water on for a second i'll scrub 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 and then i'll like turn it on for a second and rinse and they're like you, you can let the water run while you're rinsing the dish like it's okay and then uh we'll, we'll share like a cup we'll share a towel and if we switch beverages we'll use the same cup and people are always like you can take another cup it's okay and we're like no it's just habit <laughs> That, that's great. And so it sounds yeah. like it's, you know, enhanced your relationship as, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as a couple, which is, Definitely. you know, I think it's almost, I was thinking, as you were saying that it feels like a tandem bike, right? If you oh, it, yeah. it's going to bring you closer or, you know, oh, yeah. spread you apart. Yeah. So it sounds like it's probably done that for you, which yeah. is, you know, pretty, yeah. pretty fantastic. It, it's been, um, I, I, I think I really understand the, um, the motivation between, uh, of honeymoons now of yeah. taking long periods of time <laughs> to really understand your significant other yeah. before living with them. Uh, I mean, in our case, we lived with each other, but I still feel like we've grown to be uh, more a part of each other mm -hmm. in, in, in just like traveling with each other as well. It, yeah. There's like habits that you'll form. Um, and then, uh, weird silliness that you'll yeah <laughs> you'll stumble upon with each other that wouldn't have come out if you weren't uh you know living so close to each other for and traveling everything's a new experience or so you're doing all that experiencing together yeah that's yeah. neat and you, and you know yes it's small but you're also spending a lot of time together mm -hmm. versus usually you know maybe some both people go to work someone goes to work mm -hmm. and you then yeah. you come together you know for a little bit of time mm -hmm. in the evening you go to bed but this is everything's you know pretty pretty close yeah yeah and you would think it would not give us things to talk about um but somehow um we each see different things at different points in time and so having that common shared experience but different perspectives on everything um 
really just keeps keeps it going, yeah. keep, keeps us going. I think actually, you know, thinking about gravel biking, that's kind of one of the beauties of riding with other people is you you kind of split up for a bit because it's really hard for four people to ride all in a row and have a conversation. So <laughs> when we've ridden with, uh, you know, couples or people that we meet, we'll kind of like go back and forth between conversations. So we'll each have our own separate conversations with one member of the couple or group. And then when we come back, we're like, oh, what'd you learn about oh, this yeah. person? Yeah, nice. So nice. that's always kind of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Uh, great stories. Uh, so... One more question. What is the one piece of advice you would offer someone who is maybe looking to do this? Use iOverlander to find parking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is definitely a game changer. Um, You really just have to come in with the attitude of of you're ready to uh, take in what the world gives you and you're not sure what that is. Um, So being adaptable in that sense um uh is kind of crucial to making this work otherwise you're going to have a bad time yeah i think one of the things like for us is like we rarely have a plan for the next day like sometimes we'll know what we're doing tomorrow but generally we just keep things super super open open like we have sort of like anchor points of like oh we have to be here by this date or like we're doing this thing on this date in the future so it'll give us like a guiding direction of where we're going, but we've just had so much success on the road, like not having a plan and meeting people, getting recommendations. And like, that's just really guided where we go and what we do. And it's been awesome that Mm -hmm. way. I think those are some great life lessons as well. So thanks for sharing that. Well, okay. One more question then. How can listeners follow you? Yeah. Um, so as Gotham mentioned, I'm our communications person. <laughs> so um, I run our Instagram account. And we we post kind of a daily log of what we've been up to. And the Instagram handle is Got Van Life, but spelled G-A-U-T, uh, like the first part of Gotham's first name. So Got Van Life, G-A-U-T Van Life. No spaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been wonderful chatting with yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for having us again. <laughs> yeah. So I think that wraps up this episode of the Connection Podcast. Until next time, everybody, keep riding, exploring, and having fun. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org.